Healthcare is rapidly changing. Innovative technologies and new treatment paradigms are changing the way we tackle the world's pervasive health issues. I'm Alex Godan with Oxner Health in New Orleans, Louisiana. Join me as we go inside Louisiana's largest healthcare system, where we discuss new ideas in confronting these healthcare challenges. We talk to thought leaders and healthcare experts to explore the latest innovations in patient care. Welcome to Innovation Health. As the pandemic emerged in early 2020, it became known that people with certain pre-existing conditions, such as cancer, were at a higher risk to have a worse outcome if they contracted COVID-19. Cancer care had to adapt, as treating the disease had to continue without pause. In this episode of Innovation Health, I talk with Dr. Zoe Larned, Chair of Hematology and Oncology at Oxner Health, to see what changes have been made in cancer care since the pandemic began. What special health considerations do cancer patients need to be aware of during this time? Should people still get screened for cancer? And we'll also discuss Oxner's latest state-of-the-art treatment facility, the new Benson Cancer Center. I'm so excited to have Dr. Zoe Larned with us today. She plays a huge role in cancer care here at Oxner. Just to start out, are cancer patients at a higher risk to serious illnesses caused by COVID-19? Yes. So the data certainly supports uh, that cancer patients are at increased risk um, for complications from COVID and, and often get quite sicker. And, it, and why is that? Is it just a weakened immune system? Is there, there kind of a particular reason for that? I think there's a, a combination of factors. I mean, we certainly know that there are other health issues and comorbidities that put patients at risk. Um, for active cancer patients, often that they're on treatments that make them more susceptible to infection. Um, okay. And for our, our long-term cancer survivors, often they've lived through several other diagnoses that put them at risk as well. So, Being at a higher risk, are there certain things that cancer patients should look for? Like, are there certain hallmark symptoms they might have? You know, I think the symptoms are, are really the same. I think just being vigilant about reporting any symptoms of concern is important. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we learned early on with the COVID experience that there were more symptoms in, that we realized related to the viral infection that became apparent um, as symptoms of the infection as, as time went on. So what we've been encouraging our patients is really any concerns that they have to go ahead and, and let us know, because it's not always an obvious fever or a shortness of breath. It, it may be fatigue, for example, right. maybe the, the loss of taste or smell, for example. Right. So this is kind of a, a huge question, but something I'm really interested in is how has the treatment and care plan shifted, um, you know, throughout this pandemic for our cancer patients? Yeah, I think um, our team's response, I think, is probably what I'm the proudest of and the most excited about. Um, you know, we knew early in March um, that COVID was in New Orleans. I think the first reported case was on March the 7th. Um, March the 13th is um, when the state and the, and the city started to announce the shelter in place. Um, we started preparing that very same day. Um, so right away in our clinic spaces, um, we created the social distancing. Um, we immediately put in a screening plan for patients when they arrived. 
we immediately created a a visitor policy Mm -hmm. um, to minimize patients coming through. Um, Really, all of that was in place that that very following week after the the first case came into town. And then as as things progressed, we responded very quickly as well. Um, You know, I think we actually had our first telemedicine visits established as early as March the 16th. Um, And at the peak of the COVID experience, we were on an 80% telemedicine or virtual platform for our patients. So really the only patients we had coming to the clinic were the patients that needed active chemotherapy. Um, Okay. All of our survivors, all of our patients that um, just needed to be checked in on, um, we were really doing on the virtual platform. They were pleased with that. They were glad to be able to be kept away from the facility during that time, but to stay on for their medical care. Um, They were able to come and get labs in a clean environment, so we had those things to check as well. Um, So, again, a testament to the the people I work with and the team that I work with to be able to have built that so quickly and moved to 80% virtual. Um, And we really did not have a huge drop in care numbers during that time because we really were able to meet patients where they needed to be met. Have you seen that adoption of telemedicine continue? And do you think that this is going to become a staple in cancer care, having that virtual option with providers and patients? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the huge positives. Now, Ochsner had definitely had telemedicine already kind of initiated in the system before COVID. It gave us a distinct advantage that the tools and equipment were kind of already in place to do that with our medical chart. But um Yes. So I think, you know, if, if you asked cancer patients and cancer survivors historically, if they could imagine using this as a platform, it would have been hard for the providers and the patient to imagine that. Now they love it. And to be honest with you, um, we still use it quite a bit, especially for survivorship visits or even just the check-in visits, a new symptom or complaint, not quite sure if they need to come in and get it addressed or not. We use it in that platform too. We have an embedded urgent care in our clinic And it's been really helpful in that platform as well because we can do a quick assessment through telemedicine to determine if we need any particular imaging or any particular labs, if we need to guide the patient to the emergency room just based on appearance versus not. It's been helpful in, in that platform as well. Kind of thinking through some other things, and this is, I guess, maybe on the less virtual side of things, but cancer screenings. This is something that's relevant to everyone something everyone should be considering. I want to start off and just kind of pick your brain. Was there a decline in cancer screenings overall during kind of that major lockdown era of the pandemic when people weren't going into routine visits? Yes, absolutely. And I think for several reasons. I mean, one is patients' reluctance to mm-hmm. um, to come to hospital or clinic settings just for their own their own safety led to a lot of patients putting off those visits. Two is just the the state mandates, which um, required us to only do emergent imaging, for example, during that time, or emergent scopes during that time. And and from a clinical perspective, kind of what you and your colleagues talk about, do you think there's going to be a really adverse long-term impact from that extended lapse of cancer screenings? I hope not, because I think really our job right now is is to catch up. Um, we certainly have kept active lists of the patients that were postponed for their screening, okay. and they are coming in now. The system has certainly built a structure to be able to address those patients by expanded hours and weekend hours. Um, so we are getting them back in. 
But I know that that's certainly a concern, especially from the patient end. Is there going to be a delay in in diagnosis because of this? Um, I do try to always look for the positives here, and I do think it's highlighted the awareness of how screening is so crucial for um, you know for really protecting patients finding cancers early um, when they're most likely to be curable. And I think having that narrative out there now and discussing it is really going to actually increase the screenings. The patients that had not been historically doing the screenings are going to recognize a good point. how important this is. And just reassuring people, you know, you've already mentioned the safety protocols in place system-wide and really in all health systems. It is safe to come in and get screened. You know, the the clinics are prepared and they have the correct standards in place. And I think that's something you're probably telling all of your patients, even friends and family as well. Oh, absolutely. And and we see that it's working. And I think that's what really matters. You know, very early on um, when we recognized that COVID was here, we were quickly recognizing that our patients were at increased risk and needed to be screened very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we went so far as to move our inpatient hospital unit of our vulnerable cancer patients and bone marrow transplant patients up the street to the rehab hospital, which was completely COVID clean, meaning that when they had imaging or lab work or simply were in the elevator space, they would not share it with any patients that potentially could be at risk for COVID. Um, We went so far as to COVID screen every patient. Initially, it was before every chemotherapy treatment in our infusion centers. Now it's at the start of infusion. Um, And that was actually with a COVID swab to prove that they were negative. We did everything we could think of to make sure that bringing them here, treating them, having them admitted was as safe as it possibly could be. And now what we do is make sure that the patients see what we're doing. They see that we're cleaning the rooms between patients. They see that we're all masked. They see that we're enforcing the spacing. They see that we're enforcing the visitor policy. They see that we're available to them for any questions at any time in case there are concerns. They've been very reassured by that. Right. And even myself as a patient, I feel like I have more peace of mind than ever going mm-hmm. into the clinics knowing right. you know, how, how on the ball everyone is. So one of the most exciting developments in Oxner's cancer program is our newly built Benson Cancer Center. Uh, if you could just describe what this is and kind of why it's so unique and such an exciting thing. First of all, we're incredibly grateful to the gift from the Benson family and the recognition um, that cancer patients have unique needs that need to be met in the space that's designed for them. Um, so this space is pretty incredible because it is set up around multidisciplinary pod areas, meaning that as a patient, when you come in, you can see all of your providers available in one space, um, medical oncology, radiation oncology, surgical oncology. We as providers are also able to huddle within our our entire team so that we're constantly discussing the patients, interacting, communicating about the patients in real time, um, which I think makes care decisions um, more efficiently made and kind of quicker Mm. is how I would put it as well. Um, The space also allows for all the supportive service lines to be present too. So we have our research team in the space. Um, We have our survivorship team in the space. We have our ancillary service lines, the social workers and the nutritionists. Um, It's been incredible. Um, And you can see the difference for the patients because they, when they come in, besides the fact that they're so overwhelmed because the space is really gorgeous, um, 
they notice how it accommodates them so that they can really get their care needs met in a one-stop shop. Um, it does make it easier for providing the distancing and the safe care for patients. Also allows us to introduce our ancillary service lines and give them their appropriate space. I mean, we even have acupuncture now, which is pretty incredible. Really? For cancer patients? Yes. So I guess, you know, that is true. They're the different services that can kind of go in conjunction with the treatment. So some of that would be, like you said, the acupuncture. I believe med- is meditation one? We or do. And, you the- know, we have a di- we have several dietitians now on staff. We have a survivorship team. Um, it's incredible to have the space to be able to provide the patients, not just with their acute care needs, but their chronic care needs. And that's such good points to make, too, because I know even myself being less familiar with kind of the care plans that cancer patients go through, I would have never thought about having those other services, the, the meditation, the the acupuncture, being all in one building, just the the ease of that and what a benefit that is. So to me, that's definitely a highlight there. Absolutely. I think, you know, patients, um, when they are coming into our area for treatment, they want to understand what they're getting. They want to understand that we're going to move quickly to both diagnosis and treatment. They also want to know that their supportive needs are going to be met. And when you walk into that space, that is the feeling that you get because you really do see the entire team working for your care. Yeah, it really is just such a community of support, I feel like. Um, Absolutely. I'm just really proud of the work you guys are doing, and it's really amazing to see something like that here in Louisiana. I did um, want of- to say, too, that, uh, you know, I think Ochsner as a whole, but certainly the cancer system line as part of that, um, really extended beyond Benson. Um, you know, I'm proud of all of our community physicians and all of our satellite sites, but it even went beyond that. I mean, when we were at the height of covid Mm-hmm. We had home health drawing cancer patients' labs at home so they didn't have to come in and get their blood work. We had wow. drive-up COVID testing. We had drive-up labs. Um, we really went above and beyond to meet patients, and this is across the state, with those support services. Um, and that made a huge difference because I think them seeing that we would do everything we could to keep them safe even outside of this building made a big impact on on their perception of, of, of care throughout it the really system. It really is amazing to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that the truly at, at its core, that patient's first mentality. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's really actually a beautiful thing. Um, and kind of as we wrap up, I did want to ask kind of a fun question. Um, you know, we talk on the podcast, Innovation Health, just about new things happening in different areas of medicine. So I just wanted to see if there's anything innovative or up and coming in, in cancer care that you're excited about personally. Yeah, I think everything. To be honest with you, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm so lucky to be in this field because honestly, it's um it's constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. I think when I think of of just patient care needs, um, the fact that we are individualizing patient care in oncology now that we're looking at the patient's other health issues, we're looking at genetic factors about the patient, we're looking at their pathology and noticing what mutations they may have that we can target. It's just an unbelievable time. There's a rapid research that's constantly developing the cancer world. And our treatments as a result are better tailored. And they're also um, 
more likely to maintain quality of life for patients than we have ever been able to do before. I think that's the best part about doing this. I think the next best part is that we're really innovative. So whether it's telemedicine or whether it's equipment going home with the patient to monitor their vitals so they're not so frightened about what to keep an eye on as they're recovering from their chemotherapy. Right. Patients feel like they're more in touch with us than they ever were before. Um, and I think that gives them a, you know, a safety net that they never had before. Absolutely. And that's great that, as well. Yeah, that access and just that, that comfort, comfortability, that comfort of knowing you're not alone and you have the support of your entire care team whenever you need it. Right. It really is awesome. And then I think that would be the last thing that I would say is it's an entire care team. I mean, I'm very lucky that I get to do the medical care part of it, but I certainly recognize that all of the other aspects of care are equally important. And I'm glad that we're addressing all those care needs now. So, you know, diet, exercise, psychology support, meditation, you know, good sleep, um, now acupuncture and some of the other techniques that are really offering a lot more than just the medicine aspect of this. Yeah, it helps to maintain that lifestyle, quality of life, no matter what treatment path you're currently on. Absolutely. Um, so that that is great. It really is an amazing field. I know you guys are doing incredible work. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Larned. I certainly learned a lot, and I'm excited to continue to see all of the great things you, your team, and the cancer program at Oxner continues to accomplish. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So if you're one of the many people out there who have delayed cancer screenings or who may be afraid to get one during the pandemic, I hope this episode encourages you to take that first step. Visit oxner.org slash cancer hyphen screenings to find out how to do just that. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Alex Godan with Oxner Health. See you next time on Innovation Health.